Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse. This episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you're looking for new jerseys for your 16-inch softball league or if you're coaching a little league team, they got you covered. Any colors you want, any design you want, they'll hook it up. Go to their website to get some design inspiration. They got hundreds of designs on there for you and fill out a custom form to get going. Make sure to let them know that Morale sent you and you get additional 25% off your order. www.clubhouseathletic.com It's www.clubhouseathletic.com soon um for those of you who still do want to talk about cubs baseball the grinders that are still watching that are still here still uh you know paying attention to this team even if they're losing 12 to 1 to the pirates and watching a potential starting well actually last night was very well worth watching to see killian pitch even though it was a very very poor outing um for all those people that are here, God bless you. I love that you all are grinding with this team, even though we have 25 wins and we're 18 or 19 games under 500. But uh, we're here to talk about it. You know that meme with like the little girl, like standing on the counter, yeah. staring at somebody crying. That's. I feel like everybody in this room is is that little girl yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. I mean, there there are multiple things that are really. Uh, Cup coming to conclusion here soon, whether it be the trade deadline, whether it be uh, Wilson Contreras' career as a Cub, a few other uh, potential Cubs being on the trade block and their Cubs career coming to an end. It's kind of, it's a tough time, even though we had a decent weekend, it's a tough time because not only is the team bad, but I don't think this is the end. And I think many people would agree. I don't think this is the end or rock bottom in terms of like the Cubs really bottoming up. Yeah, we'll have a lot to go through. Um, for everyone that's in here right now, we uh, just want to bring up, we do have a podcast version of this on like all the platforms. That's where we record all this. We add in a couple extra bits and all that kind of stuff, get it fleshed out. Um, we're going to start adding some more interviews with players and people around Wrigleyville. So make sure to check that out. Give it a subscribe. It helps us get a gauge on if your people are interested or not. All right, Fred, kick us off, get us started. Uh, review last week. I know there's multiple topics we're going to go over, uh, Theo being a big one, and I don't want to lead it off with that. Um, pretty much my main takeaway going into what today is June 21st. We are 42 days away from the trade deadline. I'm pretty much at the point now mentally where – I think a few people were asking about it over the past probably month and a half or so. Like, hey, like Dom, like who who do you want back in a return? What kind of prospects are you looking at? What you know, what is reasonable for you know this team to try to boost their farm system? I'm at that point now. In a uh, month and a half ago, I wasn't at that point. Two weeks ago, I wasn't totally at that point. Now I'm at the point where it's like, all right, it's time to do a little more research. It's time to really figure out what the Cubs are going to get. It's time to 
I don't want to say give up. Not not that I really over the last two months had any hope of the Cubs making the playoffs, but like really give up the fact that a the Cubs are trying to extend Wilson Contreras. I just don't see it happening at all. And B that they actually want to try to salvage current players on the roster to make a run at a 2023 and God knows 2024 and 2025. I think it's, it's really hard to tell right now, but I'm kind of at the conclusion where going back to what Jed was saying last year, his uh, very, uh, you know, proud term of saying never, uh, or Always take advantage of a crisis. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but never let a crisis go to waste. As we saw last year, the Cubs fell off a cliff. They traded the big three. Uh, this year, I think it's the same exact thing where he's not going to let this thing go to waste. He's not going to simply you know, run out the rest of the roster until uh, the offseason. I think he's going to be making a lot of moves. Obviously, it's going to hurt a lot of Cubs fans. It's going to hurt myself personally because I love Wilson Contreras. And I love a few other players on the roster, but I really think it's going to happen. Uh, I know many Cubs fans already agree and have agreed with me in a while for a while, but now I really feel like that's the case. And I'm, I'm pretty much in prospect farm system, uh, MLB pipeline mode. All right. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, gameplay there. Everyone can chime in with their ideas of who they want, what they want uh, going forward. Probably just going to be a uh, Christmas list in terms of, you know, what you want and just not going to happen. Um, it's a Christmas list when your parents, you know, struggling to get by yeah. kind of thing. Um, even though they're not. They're not struggling to get by the Ricketts. Um, okay. A uh, couple of highlights do want to talk about because we got to stay sane. Theo returns to Wrigley, oh. snaps the losing streak with the Braves and is chilling in, uh, in the basket. What an image. I mean, truly pulled at my heartstrings. That was on Saturday, correct? I think that was on Friday. Maybe even Saturday. I don't know. Friday, Saturday, whatever it was. Yeah, really hit me deep uh, for many reasons. I know a lot of Cubs fans, and it's always like that, uh, what about this or what about that, uh, when you reminisce or you kind of go back to the nostalgic moments of Cubs baseball in the golden era. And Theo is like the direct – link to all that stuff i mean i tweeted out today they're like 40 something games under 500 since theo left um they're clearly not the same the, i i would argue the organization is not the same just because theo was and i know i've done this song and dance before but theo was such a like upfront personable honest um was never was never shy to face the music, was never someone who kind of like hid in the background and just, you know, didn't take the heat. He was always there to answer questions. He was always there to give honest statements. He was he was brutally honest at times. Now, if you want to say he didn't fix some of the problems or he put the Cubs in the situation that we are now, fine. You can have that conversation. I'm more than willing to talk about that. But just to think about what Theo meant and for him to come back, again, in some fans' minds, it's like, whatever, it's just a guy showing up to the game. Like, it's not a big deal. For me and someone who, like, very much lived and died with the Theo era, like, got into Twitter during that time before the Cubs got good, uh, stood up for him and, I mean, stood up for the team for as long as I have. Like, that, that is – it, it did kind of hurt to see – well, 
I, I was happy he came back, but that then did hurt this morning that he was actually leaving, even though it's very reasonable for him to move away. But, uh, yeah, it's just tough. I don't, I don't feel like it's been the same since. I don't think the Cubs have the same relationship with their fans since. They obviously haven't won the same since. Um, I mean, Theo, after his, you know, three poor seasons of, you know, starting the rebuild in 12, 13, 14, never had a season under 500, made the playoffs, what was it, uh, five, five or six times in a seven-year span. Um and it's just uh, it's just not the same. I, I don't think Jed's the same communicator as uh, Theo was. I don't think he's the same leader as Theo was. And I don't mean to knock Jed right now, but it's just kind of just kind of true. And I think Jed has to prove. Jed will get an opportunity to prove what he can do, but um, it's not that he's you know di- uh, a direct correlation of what Theo was and can be exactly what Theo was as well. All right, one of the other. Uh, but also, few, actually, I, yeah. I want to touch on this. The, the, the final thing, too, he, Theo was meant for Wrigley, too. Like, the video of him on some person's rooftop singing Eddie Vedder songs or stuff like that, like, just playing the guitar, him hanging around. I mean, the guy was built for Wrigley. And I just – I personally don't think we'll ever see that again. I, I don't think we'll ever see a GM, a decision maker, a leader, someone who's really – someone's decisions um, – are a direct correlation with how the team's going to do. I don't think we will ever see that again. I think when the Ricketts family bought the team, they're like, hey, we're just fans. We used to sit in the bleachers. Like, I think maybe Cubs fans thought that's what they were going to be. Um, that's clearly not the case now. I, I just don't think we'll ever see a leader, someone like that, who was like totally um, entrenched and captivated by Wrigley like every single one of us and every single Cubs fan is. Yeah, it, I think the combination of everything coming together for that span in terms of the, the ownership and then Theo and then the players all hitting and, the, and, and then winning a World Series, like that's all so movie-like where everything just kind of ends up working that we were so uh, like spoiled by that, that stretch almost. Yeah. That then to go to just this reality of like – of things not working out and getting mad at ownership. And then it just feels even worse, I think, where – and obviously you can go into the facts of, like, you know, the Cubs don't deserve to have this kind of team and yada, yada. But this dilemma of having both things happen pretty quickly is makes it hurt even more. We're spoiled. We're also jaded. We are uh, – we have no – I'm not saying every fan, but many fans don't have a real sense of reality of, like, what the Cubs did and how they literally hit the jackpot all these players and made so many good moves at one time that it's just not reasonable to expect that to happen again. And I don't mean to single out Caleb Killian or any other younger player, but like last night, like right. Caleb Killian comes in, Chris Bryant, he's the guy we got for him. And last two starts have looked really bad. And I'm not saying Caleb Killian isn't going to be good. I'm not saying that at all, but like, for just everyone to think that these these young players are, you know, surefire uh, commodities and their production levels are going to be, you know, consistent throughout their career or even that they are going to be productive throughout their career. Man, that's just something, man. We, we were so spoiled in thinking that's the way to go and that's how it's going to be. When If you watch that game last night and you're saying to yourself, and I've said it myself too, it's like, all right, starters we have, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Caleb Killian. 
Well, one of the one of the big three right there just looked absolutely horrible. And I, again, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but man, it's tough. It, it is very hard to be productive in the big leagues, and it's very hard to hit on every single one of these young players all at the same time. Especially, I mean, his timeline was fed up because the Cubs are so bad. Maybe he'll he'll stay up. Uh, hopefully, get some more experience. But there's obviously other things that play too for that. Yeah. Um, but then talking about the pride of Lou Stale, Mississippi. Um, one of the only bright spots this past week continues to to stay in games and shove. I know it was only about five innings last one, but I mean, he's his productivity is something to look forward to when he's when he's on the mound. He's electric. I would say him, Keegan Thompson, Christopher Morale. People are going to knock me for not saying Nico Horner. I think Nico Horner kind of has been. I I there there's something missing with Nico right now, and I can't put my finger on it. But he's not the player that we were hoping he would be he's held it down at shortstop but he's just not hitting where he needs to be right now so i'm gonna say the three guys christopher morale the two pitchers those are like the two the i'm sorry three bright spots of the season because all the other guys or the few other guys are going to be traded uh in a couple weeks and i just don't think we can count on those guys being cubs in the future so yeah when you see justin Steele go out there absolutely shove after again we talked about it last week taking the ball off the hand um absolutely dealing um against a good Braves lineup who previously had won 14 games straight I mean uh yeah it's a it's very impressive with what he's done and I truly believe once he figures out that third pitch and once he finds a way to keep hitters a little more off balance and stop pitching like a like a a younger uh harder throwing Rich Hill then it's truly going to be a huge game changer for him I've always talked about the intangibles. I've always talked about the competitive nature that he has. I've always talked about him being an absolute grinder and just the guy that wants to go out to win. You don't, you don't see that a lot. You don't. I, you, you truly don't. I, I, I think a lot of fans think that every single player has the same competitive spirit and the same will to win and the same just like grinder mentality. Justin Steele has that and then some. I'm not going to equate him to John Lester. I'm not going to say he's John Lester. That would be incredibly unfair for me to do so. But he has that same kind of fu personality. I'm going to throw this ball past you. I don't care. You know, just a just a complete bulldog on the mound. Him and Keegan Thompson, and I love it. It's what we need. I know it's not the the saving grace for the season. I know it's not going to make the Cubs into a 90 win team this year. But it's a positive step in the right direction. And he is just a small town. Mississippi dude throwing big time fastballs and getting the job done any way he can with two pitches, by the way, not three, not four, two, only two, which is impressive. Big country fastballs. Big country fastballs. All right, we'll start big bringing everyone in. Uh, I know we have a lot to cover, um, so give us, uh, you know, your your points, your feedback, questions, whatever you want. We'll give you, uh, you know, up to a few minutes on the on the space to let it out. Um, we might have to move on quickly. So just a heads up in case we cut you off. Uh, we won't try to because we all got a bet in here. Um, come on, let us know what you're eating for lunch and let us know what you're thinking about the Cubs right now. Big Hoss, you're going to be first up. Um, it seems like Big Hoss is always first up. How's it going? Yeah, he's, a, he's a grinder. Man, man, man. This, the Cubs are just pissing me off, man. I'm If, if it wasn't for Steele and Killian and Morel, like you said, There'd be no reason to watch this ball club right now. It's just so difficult. 
so difficult. It's bad, Big Hoss. It's terrible. I agree. Um, and then and then you bring up Nelson Velasquez, and you don't even start him yesterday. What's I mean? What's the point of bringing the kid up to sit the bench? If that's the point, Big Hoss, we've gone. I know, man. I you know we've gone through this back and forth. I like it's it, it's you know what? Actually, th- this will this will be a good uh, segue for this. I thought I thought Jed's quote last week uh, when he met the media was very interesting. He was like. You know, I'm asking questions. Tom is asking questions. Crane is asking questions. David Ross is asking questions. Like, you know, why is this going back? I just, I, I wish they would just be a little bit more honest and be like, hey, let's look at the lineup that they're putting out. Like when David Ross says that Jason Hayward has to start against righties every single time, like, and he has a sub 600 OPS and he's hitting 196, I believe, and is literally a top, a, a, a bottom five hitter in Major League Baseball right now. Like, Hey, that's a simple answer that we can all come to a conclusion on. I just, I, I wish there was more honesty. Going what back to the say? Where's say? Where's say it, man? I feel like hurt. the ring finger is Say has been out for the last month. He hasn't hit a home run yeah. since the second week of April. Yeah, it's not been. Hey, man, I, you think about all the things that have gone on this season. That as you can only on you can say on one hand. The amount of positive things that are are actually happening for that are actually occurring for the Cubs. Wills Contreras is playing well. Christopher Ian Hap is playing well. Justin Steele is pitching well. Keegan Thompson has had a good year, and then like Christopher, Christopher. Morales slash Scott Efros has been you know a bright yeah. spot for the bullpen and the and the team. So where's ideally who do you think is going to land Wilson Contreras? Who do I think is going to land Wilson Contreras? I think it's a great question. I think the Mets make the most sense. They need him. Steve Cohen doesn't care about money. Steve Cohen wants to win right now. Steve Cohen will uh, fast forward any single issue that is going on with their team, and he's just going to outspend ever, anyone. So I think that probably makes the most sense. If he's so, willing to spend as much as he has for Max Scherzer and all the other guys, I don't think you know uh, giving away a few more prospects for Wilson Contreras. Gonna be a big issue. Case, I need Mauricio or, or uh, Brett Beatty back. And and big loss. That's what I was saying. Is that I think now's the time and uh, for myself to really lock into different farm systems and probably be more educated on those things. And hopefully, if, in if the we coming get, weeks, we can really lock in on that. If we can get Beatty or Mauricio, I'd have no problem letting Wilson go with the chance to even resign him in the off season if they really wanted to. But that's not the picture, in my opinion. I want to make one point regarding that. I think if the Cubs trade Wilson Contreras, I do not see him resigning. I think I think it's very much a fact of like it's either you're extending him and you are keeping him around and making him the foundation of the next team, or you are getting rid of him and saying, "All right, man, thanks for the help. Uh, thanks for all you've done. We're getting a prospect for you, and we're moving forward." Yeah, it's it's tough. I'll tell you that it's real tough. That's cut and dry. Thanks, Big Hoss. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Big Hoss. All right, Cody from CHGO is back on. How are you doing? What's going on, guys? Uh, not on the treadmill this week. I uh, hope you guys can hear me much better. We can. <laughs> uh, so I'll just give you my, my just overall feeling. Uh, you know, the 10-game losing streak was awful. I don't think I'd felt this down about the Cubs I mean, there have been some bad stretches even in, during the years they were good. But, man, like, this was just like, – the losing 19-5, to 
to the Padres, seeing uh, Frank Swindell pitch like the same amount of appearances as David Robertson over, you know, a five day stretch or something like that. Like is it, it got so bad that it just, it was literally embarrassing. Like, you know, like normally, like I get a little excited whenever it's a blowout and you get to see a position player pitch, but man, like the last time he did, I was just like, I'd never been so angry after that loss. And, you know, then they have, you know, of course they have this, they win two out of three against the Braves, and, and, but then, you know, get blown out by the Pirates last night. And, like, you know, I was telling Luke and Ryan, you know, like, it's, it's sad. Like, everything that's going on is sad. But, like, you could, like, you can honestly say that the Pirates look like they're in a better position for the future right now than the Cubs do. And yeah, they got some young guys. They already extended key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. Like it's just like, I never thought I would say that. Like (laughs) that's how bad it is that like you can look at the pirates roster and yeah, they're not good. And they're going to be at the bottom of the league again by the end of the year. But like they got some dudes and right now, yeah. Yeah. The Cubs got some guys that look, that look like they should be part of the future, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think some of those guys that you're seeing on the Pirates, like O'Neill Cruz and, and Key Brian Hayes, and uh, and I already mentioned Brian Reynolds, like, it's like, at least they, they have an idea. And sure, Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele and, you know, all these other guys you guys mentioned already, like, sure, they, they can – they can be something. I just – I don't know if they're guys you're you're going to build around, and I feel like that's where the Pirates are ahead of the Cubs. I feel like those two guys, Cruz and Hayes, are guys that they've already locked in. Like, we're going to build around those two guys. And I know it's early for them, but, like, they look like studs. And, like, what I'm getting at is it's just the Cubs should not be in this position. They should not be behind the Pirates in any shape or form with the way that, you know, how much money they have and all that and how the Pirates run their organization, and it just just baffles me. It's sad. Um, so, yeah, I, I have I, – I honestly, you know, I just got nothing left of optimism for this team, and that's hard to say. I think, Dom, you, you've known me a while. Like, I'm always trying to find some sort of optimism out of anything, but I got nothing left, man. I got absolutely nothing left until after the trade deadline. I hate the lineups that we're putting out. We, we, we sit on – CHGO Cubs podcast every night and we wonder why is Jason Hayward in the lineup at the I'm at the point where I don't even think David Ross is the one who wants to put Hayward in I think Jed is telling him to put him in I I understand I understand that both like Ross and Hayward are like friends and everything but like it at the same time though like it makes no sense at all and it's like the same thing with Andrelton Simmons and, and Jonathan VR like I understand you want you got to play those guys to like get some sort of trade value back, but like you already have a handful of guys that you can trade at the deadline and get some pieces back. You might as well just like let go of VR and Simmons and even Hayward and play some of these young guys that are in Iowa. Play Velasquez, you still be able to get significant value for Contreras. Ian Happ, as much as I don't want to see it, and same thing for Contreras, as much as I don't want to see it, they can get significant value for both of those guys. You're going to get, like, decent value for Robertson, Givens, Chris Martin. There's plenty of return you're going to get from those five guys I said alone. They probably can even get something for Rafael Ortega. Like, Don't forget I'm, about Miley and Smiley. 
Yeah, they're on they're on the IL, but yeah, they probably can move them for something if they come back and, and show they're healthy, right? I I just like where does the line draw? The <laughs> you line, know what I mean? Like Cody, like, I yeah, I think the I think the line the line is drawn by the Ricketts family in terms of how long they want this to go. It's I think it's as simple as that. How how long and how comfortable and how um, honest are they going to be about truly having a team that is? I mean, right now, yeah, I, I, I agree with what a lot of people are saying. Frankly, almost unwatchable. Right? It's like what. What is that extent going to be? And going back to your original point about the Pirates, yes, the Pirates do have the you know younger players that probably uh, have a higher ceiling than what some of the Cubs players have right now, at least in the major leagues. The thing is, is that what the Cubs have and the Pirates don't, the Cubs have the financial means, and that's why it always comes back to, all right, Tom, like like when is this going to change? It's on your it's on your dime. It, it's on you know you you go to bed every night knowing that what your the, the the main thing that you are involved in, the Chicago Cubs, the team that you own, uh, is a direct correlation with how much you actually want to win. If you want to put more money into the team, then you're probably going to do a little bit better. It's not a direct correlation, but you know what? If you just look around Major League Baseball, the team that spend a lot of money, they're normally the teams that are going to be uh, better than the rest. So it's it, it's when is Tom going to say is enough is enough? When is Tom going to say, hey, we're going to run things differently? When is Tom going to be honest about how he's actually managed and led this organization to this point? If people want to blame Theo and if people want to say this is just a, you know, uh, cycle that franchises go through, like you're good, then you're bad and you got to rebuild. Fine. But if you look around the big markets, I think everyone would agree. Many of those teams don't go through these things on a consistent basis. And it really sucks. I know everyone, I know everyone agrees. I know everyone feels that way, but just, you know, watching it and paying attention to as much baseball as some of the diehard fans do, just, you know, trying to wrap your head around watching a team that is almost 20 games under 500 before the 4th of July is just is miserable. It's just miserable, and it's it all comes down to Tom Ricketts. It all comes down to Tom Ricketts. When is Tom going to say, all right, we're going to do things differently. All right, we're not going to make excuses anymore. All right, we actually want to win. comes down to that. Yeah, I agree, man. I completely agree. Uh, you know, I was I was at Wrigley on Sunday on Father's Day. It was the most people I see in the stands and, and, uh, as far as games I've been to this year. And, you know, I, I don't blame people for going to the ballpark on Father's Day uh, on a Sunday and beautiful day here in Chicago. Um, but even on weekday, like weeknight games and stuff, like you can tell attendance is down and you just, you got to think that this guy, you know, if he, everyone says, you know, he's pinching pennies and he, he cares about just bringing him revenue and everything. It's like, this guy can bring in so much more revenue if the team was good. And yeah. like, you know, I, I don't I'm not someone who likes to yell about ownership and stuff all the time, but it has gotten to the point where I like where even I am doing it more often than than I have in the past. And I, I you know, to me, that's saying something because, again, I've I feel like I've always been more optimistic than pessimistic. Even even back in the day when, you know, before 2016 and it's just it's just. The, like this, the, the the this season, it's it's shaping up to be worse than 2012, and it just shouldn't be like this 
five, six years after the World a- Series. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a- Adam, if you want to go back and uh, pull some receipts for me, I've done it myself, and I've been thinking about tweeting them out. You know I always do that. Um, I went on a run last year after the trade deadline, and when the Cubs got hot a little bit and – Justin Steele, our guy, was pitching well. I'm trying to think of a few others. Ian Happ was playing well. And uh, the Cubs were, I, you know, obviously not super exciting, but you had, like, Schwindel and you had Wisdom doing their thing. I kept saying this isn't 2012. This isn't 2012. This isn't 2012. The Cubs are in a better position than when they were before. And I know Cubs fans want to debate that. I know it's a hot-button topic. But, God, I have never been so goddamn wrong about something. <laughs> just linking back to all, I'm looking at all my tweets and just being like, "Yeah, this isn't 2012. They're gonna be back. They're gonna be back." And then to have 2022 uh, on our doorstep, which arguably could be one of the worst Cubs seasons ever, statistically. 25 games. I think we have less than 100 games to go. I don't know what the winning percentage is off the top of my head. I believe it's somewhere. If it's not at 400, it's just below 400. It could very well be one of the worst Cubs seasons of all time. It very well could be a season where we do not win 70 games. Uh, We're at 373 right now. 373. That's what we're we're projected right now. We can only expect that that will go down once, you know, Wilson Contreras and a few other guys are going to get traded uh, come August. So you're going to have two months of a true uh, AAA roster or AAA roster, whatever it is. Yeah. The race, Cody, for, the race for 63 doesn't look good, man. It, it just does not it does. look good. It does not. Cody, I want to close hey, out your, your appearance with – Cody, I want to close out your appearance with – my favorite thing that you do is you post uh, what's your favorite part about this XX lead. Like, <laughs> I, I always laugh when I see it. I always get pissed off when I see it, but I always laugh when I see it too because like, I know it's coming. But yeah. if there's anything you have, what's your favorite part about uh, – there's no lead in this Cubs season right now, so what's just your favorite part about this season? Uh, what's one thing that's put a smile on your face this season, despite this at the misery that we're going through? Uh, well, first off, yeah, those tweets, we the, the, the reaction to them, they're always – it's so hot and cold. People, like, get the joke, and then there's people who just hate hate the tweet, and they, like, hate me. <laughs> and, and I'm at a point where I just don't care because it's like – we have to find something to laugh about at some point. And I just, you know, the Cubs have had so many leads and then eventually blown them all in so many games. It's just like, what else am I supposed to do? But uh, as far as my favorite part of the season, I would say, uh, you know, I, it's, it's really, how wrong, how wrong does it feel even just saying that? Like, is there a favorite part of the season? It's like, of, I know, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess my favorite part, of the season is probably when Amorel's uh, opening his MLB debut when he hit the homer. He did that on my birthday, so that was a memorable moment. I'll yeah. probably remember that for a long time. So, uh, and that was a, a game that was a blowout that the Cubs actually won. So, uh, yeah, it, the, there's been some like nice storylines, no doubt. Like I, I think there's things we can we it can at least say that there's things you can take away from the season that can go into next year but man like it's you know losing 12 to 1 of the pirates last night is just just a microcosm of like what the season's felt like i mean i i don't care if the the cubs are 17 18 games under 500 like i at least thought coming in this year they were going to play well against the reds and the pirates and honestly 
Like, it's been very mediocre against those teams. And, I mean, that's just how bad the Cubs are. And I don't think anyone expected it to be this bad. And that's, like, that's, like, my biggest my biggest thing. Like, I, I had this rant on the CHGO Cubs podcast last uh, Wednesday after they lost 19-5. to uh, And we went ahead and tweeted the, you know, that rant out. And, like, most of the replies were, like, everyone just, like, completely agreeing with me in, in terms of saying, yeah, that like, yeah, this is worse than we all expected. We all deserve better. And it should not be like this, you know, five, six years after winning the world series. Like we were told that this team was going to be competitive year in and year out. And I understand the beginning of the Theo and jet era. It was bad where well, they had, they didn't really have an infrastructure. Well, that's like, I don't blame Dom for tweeting those, those takes last year of saying this isn't going to be 2020 or 2012 because, I thought I, it I, wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I thought the organization and the farm after making those trades, I even thought the farm was, you know, starting to find some guys even before the trades deadline just because they had, you know, done, had really changed the pitching infrastructure at least. Uh, and, and that was something the Cubs really, like, lacked during the golden era. So I thought, you know, you, you have that and then – you know, get some of these position players that gotten back in those trades and then you add in the draft and, and all that. And I was like, yeah, perhaps like perhaps we finally will be able to have depth like organizationally all across the boards here in the next couple of years. And I even, you know, coming in this year, I thought, you know, you know, losing Brennan Davis is, is, is a big loss, man. Like I, I feel like that a lot more people would be optimistic if, if he wasn't out. And, like, we still don't even know if he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Like, we haven't heard anything, like, which is weird. Like, I figured we'd hear something by now in terms of, like, his his timeline. And we just haven't. And right now it just feels like, all right, well, I guess we'll see him next year. And, like, after not playing for a full year, like, what, do you, what are you going to expect from someone like him? And that and that's tough. And, like, that goes back to what, you know, what Don was saying when it comes to, you know, spending money and stuff. It's like – at the end of the day, the prospects are just, uh, you know, lottery tickets. You can't rely on all of them. And, like, yeah, we were spoiled by Bryant, Schwarber, Baez, you know, and and and, uh, and, and even Ian Happ as well. Like, they hit in the first round so often at the beginning of, or during the golden era that it was, like, insane. And now they're – it just feels like they're trying to do that again. And, like – I would have got it if, like, the Cubs didn't really have anything on the farm. But, like, they have things on the farm now. It should not be a three- or four-year rebuild, in my opinion. But the trade deadline is going to tell us if it is or isn't. And yeah. that's what that's what bothers me the most. Yeah, it really will. It's, it's going to – I mean, again, going back to what I was saying with Tom. I, and, and Jed has said it himself this year. I mean, uh, or a few reporters had mentioned it in a few articles that – Yes, I mean, the trade deadline's a realistic thing. Yes, Wilson Contreras is probably going to get traded. But Jet, there were notes in there that said it would be more for Wilson Contreras and then other ancillary players and not players that will really impact the short-term future, like a Seiya Suzuki, obviously, Marcus Stroman, uh, kind of up in the air on where he falls with this team moving forward, and then potentially like an Ian Happ. Uh, it, it comes down to that – I. Again, I'm I'm fully on board with uh, extend Wilson Contreras. I'm full. Oh, well, let me preface that by saying I'm fully on board with at least talking to Wilson Contreras on a contract extension. Uh, I'm fully on board to keep him uh, if they don't do either of those things and just ship him out for a return without having like any type of conversations on how Wilson Contreras could be a Cub in the future. Uh, I think is just professional ne- negligence and. 
again, shows how the Cubs are different than the past uh, and how they really treat older players or players on the wrong side of 30 years old. Cody, I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts. I want to move on to uh, somebody else, but thank you again. You're always the best. Thanks, man. Uh, hope uh, you got the shirt fine and everything. Uh, yeah, no, I'll get back to you on that. I'm, I've just been busy with stuff. You're good. You're good. Uh, thanks thanks for uh, letting me talk. Appreciate it. Thanks, Cody. Next in, we have uh, Cam and then Fly the W. And then we have a couple of people requested. I'll start bringing in Cam. How's it going? What's up, guys? Um, What's up, Cam? Dom, you and, you and Cody just beat up pretty bad a couple of points that I was going to make, but I'll make them anyway because I'm pissed off like the rest of us. Yeah. Um, but the first thing is I think that going to the landmark right now is fucking depressing. Like, I can't think of a time in the past 10 years where it's been more depressing to, to show up to the landmark on a good weather Saturday afternoon in the summer. Cause like yeah. even, even the past couple of years when we've seen things start to fall off, like you, people were still kind of hanging on to hope and you had, you had things like the rise of the cup snake that would keep the, keep the people going and, and everybody still showed up to the ballpark with good vibes. But like right now there is like, like, especially the last game that I went to, I, f- I forget who we were playing, but um, actually it was one of the cards games where, where uh, of course we, we kind of shit away that game late. Um, but like, the vibes in the bleachers were just the deadest I've seen them in, in forever. It's yeah. like, it, it, it just seems like people are starting to get like very, very quickly. So sick of watching triple a lineups go out and just get their teeth kicked in um, on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and Cam, and, you know, I don't know how many games you go to, but I, I, I say this all the time. I think back and I think of the people who are investing the amount of money that they're spending uh, on season tickets and literally like, you know, we had my Thai guy uh, on a couple weeks ago talking about if he goes to uh, 81 games every year and he spends like three weeks of his life waiting in line to get to the bleachers. And I just think about all those people that, you know, are just there every single day. They're following along. They're financially invested. They're spending their time, uh, money, energy, social life, what have you around this team. And for Ab and I were talking about this before we got on, but to, for, to give away and to kind of break away the, the culture and the brand and the, the, the hope and the standard that the Cubs had built up for seven years and to kind of see where it is now, not saying that I think it's the, the worst place to go in the world, the federal landmark, but to kind of lose that, uh, difference to lose that, um, you know, thing that many Cubs fans were proud of is, is really, really tough. And I truly hate to see it. Yeah. I, I think you made a couple good points there because like, I mean, we got to remember like this, the city of Chicago, this, is, this isn't Cincinnati where no. on a, a Saturday in summer, there might very well be nothing better to do than, than go to the ballpark. But like, we we're all very aware that there's a million things to do in this city. So like the fact that people do, and that's what I feel like the, the Ricks have probably lost appreciation for is like the, like people do make sacrifices, whether it be financially or socially or whatever to show up and support the Cubs. So it's, it, it does seem like when, when they act the way they are now, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face. True. Um, true sacrifices. I mean, I know, I know you can go to the landmark right now for, for cheap than you would before because of, well, actually StubHub is supposedly like trash right now, but other uh, third-party 
ticket vendors and, and things like that. But it, still, it's like just to bring your family there. If you have season tickets, if you're buying, you know, wholesale value or, you know, retail value, like, yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's hard. And, and those sacrifices should not be, uh, should not fall on deaf ears. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to the second point is that I, I know like a couple months ago, we talked about the fact that like, hopefully as this season went on, we might get some clarity as to what this like rebuild actually looks like. And, and you've even talked about it a little today and, and obviously the trade deadline still, still some weeks away, but it, it, it's like, I was, I was drinking some beers with one of my buddies last night and we were talking and it's, and it's like, we kind of had the realization. It's like, there is nothing that's happened over the past few like couple years especially that's like given the fan base any hope that the that there's like a clear path to what this rebuild actually looks like because it's yeah. like you would as you all have talked about you would think okay if we are gonna just totally f- just reset this thing then you would think that a lot of these lineups they're putting out would start to make a little more sense and and you would you would think that they would actually put some decent effort into trying to develop some of these guys, but none of that's happening. And then that also kind of led to the realization that it's like a lot of people talk about how great the, the farm system is and, and how, how we can, we're good at developing prospects. But then you think about when the last time that we actually developed a like world series, like impact kind of guy. I mean, I, and that's, that's where I was like, like when, when we have, we actually proven that we can develop these guys to the point where they can be world series contenders. Well, I mean, yeah, it goes back six years. I mean, obviously I haven't been there. I, you know, I, I think not to, not to disagree. I think they have developed a few guys. I think there are a few guys right now that are proving that uh, they can, um, you know, truly be a difference maker with the big league team going forward. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I hear with you. I think the biggest thing for me in terms of that whole conversation is I don't know if Jed knows what the plan is. I truly kind of feel Jed is kind of, I don't want to say flying by the seat of his pants or, um, you know, kind of going on a whim with all these things, but I, I truly don't know if he really understands like the path he wants to go and how that is really going to a affect the team, but also affect the Cubs in the long term. Yeah, no, I, I think you're a hundred percent right that it, it's either. I mean, something's wrong because it, it, it's the decisions that are made just seem like a clusterfuck. So it, either, yeah, Jed is flying by the seat of his pants. It's some combination of that. The Ricketts having no idea what they want, and besides to go buy a, a Premier League team and. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's just strange. And, and like to, to go off what you said about them, like being able to develop guys, it's like, okay, now we've got these guys that sure they can mash every once in a while and they're, and they're proving that they do have the potential to be studs. But then I think that's where the Cubs have fallen short is develop, taking those guys. Okay. From like low level starters to, 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 again, like I was saying, how, how are you going to turn those guys into dudes that can actually like compete in the postseason? And yeah, that's I think, where I think they've totally fallen short. Listen, this, the standard is, and I know this is a lofty standard. The standard is always going to be the Dodgers. And I know they have their own faults. I know they've only won one world series. I know it was a 60 game world series that every, you know, Cubs, uh, 
I don't want to say apologist, but I feel like the younger Cubs fan now uh, will always say, well, what about the Dodgers 60 game world series? Like that's, that's where you're really going to hold your hat on for their organization. Um, the standards, the Dodgers, and they've proven exactly what you, what you've been saying, having a team and a group of younger players or just players in general that can develop, can peak when you need to peak, can uh, change the course of their career trajectory and things like that. Try to, you know, win at the margins, which I think the Cubs have done in some circumstances, but it obviously hasn't been enough. Not even, not even close to enough. And I totally agree. Everything you've said is valid. And I think these are, uh, I, I, Jed, Jed will sometimes talk about it. He'll, he'll sometimes mention it. He'll obviously say that the standard has been raised and Cubs fans should be mad, but I don't think has been honest and for, uh, forthcoming enough to really address like, those problems that Cubs fans have right now with the team moving forward and the trajectory that the Cubs are on for, again, could be very well, could be 2025 until the Cubs make the playoffs again. And I hate saying that right now. I absolutely hate it. I, I don't want to be that guy. You all know I'm truly one of the, I, I'm, I'm a positive, optimistic person. But if you look at it rationally at times, you can very well say that the Cubs will not be ready to compete until 2025. And that would be four years of this or like four years of lackluster baseball, which is absolutely not acceptable, which going back to what I said originally Cubs down to the Ricketts family. It's why the Ricketts family deserves all the heat. It's why it's a shame. We haven't heard from Todd Ricketts the entire year. It's why it's a shame. Uh, last week when uh, we heard from a few fans that Tom Ricketts said, uh, it wasn't worth going after Carlos Correa because we give uh, we we give up a supplemental first round pick. It's it's why these things need to fall at the feet of that family and that chairman. And again, you want to blame Jed, you want to blame Crane, which is he gets off the hook uh, way too often, way 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 too often. Um, but but it comes down to Tom Ricketts, and and when when is he going to say enough is enough? Because I, I start to think about it like, you know, not not to jump sports, but I know everyone is always picked, uh, pissed about uh, the Reinsdorfs and Jerry and, you know, how they operate their team. But if you just look at the Bulls, Jerry said, all right, enough's enough. We're not doing this anymore. We're losing season ticket holders. We're losing attendance at the United Center. And we're going to bring in a new guy, and he's going to be progressive, and he's going to – change the trajectory of our team. And right now the bulls are looking at a shot to land one of the best centers in the NBA. Again, not to jump sports. This isn't a bulls, you know, show, but like you see that the ownership can say, all right, it's time. It, 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 this is, this is unacceptable. It's time. We're changing the course of things. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw jet under the bus here, but like, as this goes on, Jed is going to be the one that, like, you look around and you're like, well, Jed, you've been here for, like, the last decade, and you've been here for the last four seasons that the Cubs have really struggled, and you've, you've been the decision maker for all these things. Like, when does Jed start to be the one that's truly held accountable, and, and when does that conversation of Jed, who literally walked into this, you know, role because Theo gave it up and he wanted to give it to his friend, and, you know, when when does Jed eventually kind of feel the heat in that sense of, like, oh, like, Man, I, I not only do I have to answer the media, but I truly have to answer to like my boss or higher ups, whatever it may be, to try to put a better product on the field because he has failed this year. 
he has failed. He said going into the season, it was going to be a competitive year. We want to try to get into the tournament. We see value getting into the playoffs. And right now we are on the course to have one of the worst Cubs seasons in the franchise's history. That's a failure. Regardless of what path you are going down, that is a failure, flat out. Yep, I mean, you're totally right. All that said, still not fucking leaving. I'm not leaving. I love it, Cam. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cam. All right, next on, fly the W. I think the issue that I'm having kind of goes to what Cody was saying. Is like, if our eye is truly towards the future, why is Hayward and VR out there as much as they are? I understand Suzuki's hurt, and I understand there's Madrigal's hurt or whatever, and injuries have kind of fucked the season up even more than it already was fucked up before the season started. But, like, the fact that they keep running out Jason Hayward, who has, like, half league average WRC plus, who's 600, you know, who's batting, like, 185 or something like that. Like, that is the definition of insanity. Like, yep. why call Velasquez up if you're just going to put him in a role of a guy that never saw the field? Like, if you're going to do this, Velasquez needs to be in right field. You know, Morel probably game. needs to be – Morel probably needs to be knocked back down to second. For, put Ortega in center. Stop running this trash lineup out on a night-in, night-out basis. And stop going to the same people in the bullpen. Like, I'm sick of seeing Daniel Norris give up six runs. I'm sick well, of seeing Chris Martin struggle. I'm sick of seeing these old guys that they thought they could have a reclamation project with just suck. Like, get the young guys up. There's plenty of guys in AAA right now, like Narcisco Crook. I know he's got a high strikeout rate, but he's still not Jason Hayward. Let's see what he's got. Let's see what some of these guys in Iowa have. Instead of seeing Jason Hayward ground out to the second baseman or strike out on an ugly swing. Like, I'm sick yeah. of seeing that. I No, and I hear you. I I, I don't mean to push back, but I think you, you mentioned Morale. I mean, Christopher Morale has to be in the lineup every day. There's no reason to take him out. Velasquez, no, that's why I said, that's why I said know, drop him down to second base and get VR out of there and then move Ortega okay, back see, into oh, the starting I see what lineup. You're I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah no, no. It's very, 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 very reasonable. Um, it comes – I mean, again, this is why I want to hear from Tom Ricketts. I, I, and I don't – again, this is not a blast at Marquee Network. I like the people at Marquee Network. They're very friendly. I They, they get it. There are a lot of people there that work there that get it, that, that feel the same way that all these fans do. But I don't want to hear Tom Ricketts doing an interview with the Marquee Network. I, I don't want it to be, you know, uh, on a studio set. I want him to face the music. I mean, let's, yeah. think, back to, let's think back to the uh, Cubs conventions, 2015, 16, 17, 18. The, the times where he would sit up there and he'd answer questions. It could be you, me, your uncle, your neighbor could go out to uh, the hotel down on, you know, <laughs> the city of Chicago um, and, and sit there and, and wait your turn and get the microphone and ask the question. We have not seen that for, uh, like, when? I mean, when was the last time Tom Ricketts has answered questions from media members that truly, in a time that was very, very valuable, in a time that was uh, – maybe uneasy for the organization. Tom would always answer the questions when it was going well. Tom has not been forthcoming, and Tom has not been honest, and Tom has not handled any of the heat in a very fair term and has not given like a true path for his team and for his fan base 
to really go off of. And when he does, like, last year, whenever people, like, well, there was that video going around last year of a fan asking him as he walked into the stadium, you know, why haven't you extended offers to the core? And he just throws Jed under the bus. Like, he doesn't take ownership. Yeah, for, it's always that. It's, all, it's yeah. always Jed's fault. It's always, it's always somebody Jed. Else's it was fault. always Theo. Yeah, no, I get it. Again, and the one thing what... that everyone should prepare themselves for when Suzuki comes back is Morel to stop seeing the field. I guarantee you they're going to play. Oh, that would be, oh, that would be, I mean. Because Suzuki's going to take over the majority of the playing time and right. They're still going to have, they're still going to want to pay play Hayward. And Morel is going to be the one, the odd man out. If I, that happens, I mean, people are going to raise hell. I'll raise hell. It's, and then you got. I mean, by then the Ian Hap will be traded. So by then Ian Hap will be traded somewhere else to play left. Uh, it sounds like Suzuki's going to be back in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. No, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it can't. It can't happen. I feel like I'm. Oh no! I, I don't want to say we're but... beating. A, I don't. I don't want to say we're beating a dead horse with Hayward. But if you know my history. Going back to 2016, I would argue I was one of the first people to say Jason My, Hayward is not it. He was is and another. Not. Someone needs to corner or not corner, but just ask David Ross. Like, why? Why is he playing exactly? He why? Is? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why is Jason Hayward the shoe in for right-handed at bats on a daily basis? Why? I mean, why not Rafael Ortega? At least he's got some trade value at, at the deadline potentially. Whereas no one's taking Jason Hayward. Cubs yeah, fans don't even want Jason Hayward. I guarantee you, half the organization doesn't even want Jason Hayward. It's bad. It's it's uh, man. You know, listen. You're always you're going to get burned in free agency. You're always going to yeah. get burned in free agency. But it at the end of the day, the the good organizations, the organizations that um, are there to win, the competitive organizations, the organizations that truly care about putting the best product on the field always sweep that under the rug or most yep. of the time we'll sweep that under the rug move forward and if jason hayward was dfa'd two months ago we're not even talking about this and you're, you all you're all, all you're doing right now is you're creating two negatives instead of yep. one we already and, have and you, the given the money's a waste it, yeah. it's a sunk cost the second one is now we're actually taking at bats from younger players whether those young players are going to be good one of those young players are going to be really bad. It doesn't matter. That's an opportunity. It's a daily chance to show what these players can do. And as players talk about forever, and as David Ross talks about, and Jed Hoyer talks about, you need to give them chances. You need to give them time to prove themselves. And what you're doing right now by letting Jason Hayward play is you are limiting the opportunity for someone else to prove what they can do, considering we already know what the production value of Jason Hayward is going to be. It's inevitable. We, we know what yep. it is. Ground out to second base, pop up to, you know, short left field, strike out, roll over. Uh, he'll hit a double every, like, five games. Even the double I'm is, sorry, uh... five games. If, if you throw it on the outside corner, he'll kind of hook it down the line. We, we know all of it. We've seen it. Yep. This is seven years. We, we know. Yeah. Anyways, I appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks, Fly the W. ACL, how's the how's the ACL feeling? What, what's up, boys? Hey, ACL, what's up? You, you know we're we're sitting at a smooth sixty five percent. Surgery's in three weeks. Not bad. Just getting the old PT working. I'm kind of hobbling around still, but no crutches, so that's a dub. That is. A dub. S- shout out, shout out, to baby Fred. I hear baby Fred back there getting some of that uh, nature's blend, right? Getting that, that yeah. time. Yeah, Love yeah, it. yeah. Love to hear it. Yeah, my um, wife just came home, but she's taking care of him now. What a gem! <laughs> what a gem! 
Chicken tacos for lunch. I know you guys asked about what we're eating for lunch. No one's answered that. <laughs> Chicken tacos, little mango salsa. It's top shelf. Love can it. I, can, I re, can I revisit 2015, Jay Hay? Do you guys remember that division series where Jason Hayes yeah. was literally the hardest out on that Cardinals team? Yeah. And we signed him that offseason, and my dad and I are just, like, jumping for joy. Like, if we get 295 Jason Hayward, like, holy smokes. This team is probably going to the moon, right? Yeah, it was like it was Jason Hayward was kind of the glue guy. He was expected to be the glue guy who would make contact, play good defense, be in the lineup every single day, steal a couple bases, be a good leader, a veteran. All, yeah, I mean, he, again, it was a reason for why he was as coveted as he was. And, I'm again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm not here to sound like a genius uh, by saying these things, but, like, I, I wish – and I – I truly believe, though, now, if Jason Hayward had the same season he had in this era, the more technical, the more analytical, and I'm not saying 2015 wasn't analytical. I'm not saying things like war and uh, uh, the periphery stats weren't out there, expected, you know, weight on base average wasn't. Like, I, I know those things were available. But I truly think today with – the development of uh, high-tech cameras and the implementation of those cameras in big league stadiums. I truly believe Jason Hayward, regardless of if he played <laughs> – say it again? Garbage cans, he said. Yeah, garbage cans. Yeah. Uh, I truly believe if Jason Hayward had that same career from, like, let's say 2018 to now, and if he was on the free agent market at the same age right now, I do not believe he gets the same deal that he did back then. I, I think there were – Real issues with the swing. I, I mean, we've seen it. Like he 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 bows oh, yeah. his wrist. He, he he can't handle anything on the inside. Like again, I'm not trying to get technical, but like anyone with any semblance of like baseball knowledge or has looked at these things would be like, man, that's a big issue. The fact that he bows his front wrist and he like you know is 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 trying to make contact with the baseball. He can only hit anything on the outer half. I that I think that's the one thing, regardless of what. Uh, the the outcome was going to be it, it's a real black mark on Theo and the fact that he didn't see that and the scouting department didn't see that uh, and, and all the the things we praise for you know the uh, the farm system and and all the scouts and all the analytics that the Cubs did the fact that they could not see that simple thing and just kind of went off the numbers is I mean a true uh, franchise changing decision. We're, we're still dealing with it today. And it shouldn't be the case because the Rays family should have just taken care of that, swept it under the rug, paid him on the side. He would probably be retired by now. Um, right. But the fact that, you know, uh, they haven't done that still haunts us today. I, I agree. I, I'm, you know, just watching that series, it sound, sounds like a lot of the money was probably based on what he did to us. Um, yeah. Obviously, there was kind of an up-and-down career early on, but you liked what he projected to do. I feel like it turned into Jason Hayward – hate hate talk every time and i know that he's not performing well and i know that he came up a couple you know big couple times for us in 2016 but it wasn't enough to to weigh the contract that's for sure no not for, for a second i thought you were accusing him of being a double agent the cardinals second he joins well, the cubs then he flips right i don't i mean possibly <laughs> yachty do we blame yachty i don't know in his locker no i'm, I'm a I'm blessed to be a season ticket holder, and my money's on the table this year. God and bless you, dude. It's it's embarrassing, man. I'm not going to lie. And it's very difficult to shell out the money. Um, and obviously, the knee injury is going to prohibit me from being at Wrigley this year just because the <laughs> stairs. 
but um, it's hard to it's hard to try to sell these freaking tickets on StubHub too. Yeah, and and no one wants to buy them. It's I don't. It's tough. It's a t- it's just a tough environment to be in. I I pray that we we flip something around here, and in the next couple of years, obviously we're blessed to see the the sixteen happen, and that was that was great. And we lived in the Hendry era where we were just threw money at anything to see if it stuck. And, you know, I hope it kind of turns around for Jed and the boys, but do you feel like we just got a bunch of just nice guys? I feel like we're nice guys on the field or nice guys in the, in the front front office, office, man, in the front Uh, office, you know, just, I I personally think, no, I I personally think Jed is a like cutthroat, like kind of savage. And I don't know if that's in a good way, but like truly like does not care about, I, I, actually, I don't want to say does not care about relationships, but does not care about like uh, the perception or the narrative surrounding how he handles players and how he handles contracts. He's true. Like, again, I've said this for years. Every single guy that I've talked to who has actually been a part of like negotiations with that front office and has, you know, been involved in like truly like a primary source for how things get done say that the Cubs front office are just a bunch of savages. Savages in the sense that we are not going to give a dime above what we believe that that player is owed or worth. And it's just, again, many Cubs fans would say that's a fantastic thing to have. That's a great way to handle a uh, you know, team. It's a great financial foundation to you know build a franchise off of and not have a bunch of sunk costs and, and dead money and things like that. But at the same time, it's the price of paying poker, right? Like, if you want to be yeah, good, you're going to have to overpay. You're, you're going to get burned in free agency in the end. And I think everyone would agree that if you can, if you can piece off world championships or, or National League uh, championship series, get to the playoffs consistently, and be in the mix on a consistent basis, you're going to hit eventually. And for a fan, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I mean, even thinking – 17 18 19 20 i will take that a thousand percent than what we are doing right now i don't even care if it was the end of the golden era at least there was hope at least at least the um payroll while they should have spent more they should have went deeper into the luxury tax was you know at the top of the league i i I would i would take that a thousand percent than where we're at right now being in a rebuild hoping that guys are going to hit Thinking that thinking that these young players are automatic, you know, bona fide star, like it's just not the case. And and again, the that's why the big money, the big market franchises handle this totally different. And I kind of feel like right now the Chicago Cubs are on, on they're on an island, and we are acting totally different than the norm across Major League Baseball. And I think many, it's not like I'm just saying it. It's not just like you and many other Cubs fans are just saying it. This is what the national media is saying. John Heyman's going out and saying the Cubs need to spend more. Like, all the analysts are saying, man, the Cubs, like, what's going on with the Cubs? Like, why are they doing this? Like, this, this is not something that's a, a local issue. It, it's very much a um, nationwide and industry-wide talking point of being like, man, like, what are the Cubs doing? Like, why why are they doing this? Why why is this happening? And it's uh, it's a shame. I always appreciate your insight. Uh, boss is yelling at me to get back to work. I don't know what, what's going on there, but, uh, you know, been, in, been in flare, uh, embarrassed to not have the W flag up. I'm the guy that, you know, puts it out in front of, you know, every time we pull up a dub. But, um, 
you know, we'll continue to hold on. Uh, God bless you guys and your families. And, Thank you. And baby Fred and, and, and the, the, the mother. She's there taking care. Gotta yeah. love it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, you know what? And, and I just, you know, go back to all the season ticket holders out there spending thousands of dollars where you could, they could be using that money on renovating a bathroom, building a new garage. I don't know. Being part of a country club. I don't know. Medical bills. Really nice nice vacation. Treats. Medical bills. Whatever. Uh, An engagement ring, a wedding. I don't know. Like uh, honeymoon. Like, and the fact that that's being spent on again. And I, 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 more power to all those people out there that are investing in the team that are season ticket holders. I, I'm not a season ticket holder. And I've always said that there are so many Cubs fans that are better than myself and, and they're more financially invested and they go to more games and they do all these things. I, 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 I say more power to you, more power to all you guys. And it's a shame that again, all these people that have paid the money have put the, you know, financial resources down the time, the energy, you know, uh, the social life decisions to get to the federal landmark when they were told this season was going to be a lot different is a total shame. It's a, it's a total, 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 total shame. And again, falls on uh, three people's, it, it falls at three people's feet. Tom Ricketts, Jed Hoyer, Crane Kenny. And Crane Kenny's the one guy that does never gets enough heat, never gets enough heat. They get the wheelbarrows worth of cash. You know, uh, we have the financial resource. It, it never, never falls at the feet of Crane Kenny. Never. It's a shame. Anyone heard from Carter Hawkins lately? Carter Hawkins, <laughs> fake GM, ghost GM. I thought he was, was going to be just the, a ghost. Yeah, I mean, the, I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be the guy to turn this around. I'm surprised he isn't the fall guy right now. I mean, if, if you're Jed, maybe he's the fall guy coming up in future in future years, right? Jed, Jed potentially always knew that this was going to be a three- to four-year rebuild. So they had to hire a guy and kind of put him in the background right now and then flush him out in a couple of years and say, hey, this Carter Hawkins guy, he's been the GM for a long time. What's he been doing around here? Hey, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't it be surprised if that, if, if that, if that happens in a couple of years? Well, hey, hey, man. God Listen, bless your families. I got to roll. I can yell that. It's the re- it's the reality. It's the reality of um, human nature, right? You're you're there to kind of save your own ass, and uh, yeah, I mean these guys are all all working for jobs. I feel like we're going to be talking about like uh, how NFL coaches and GMs they they draft a quarterback every couple of years to try to save their jobs. Who hell, considering what's going on right now, why won't Jed be in the same position? I'm just again. You go down this road, you start putting the product on the field that they're doing right now, you invest fifth, your 15th in payroll, and it's, it's not good. It's why the standard w- was told to be higher and why it needs to be higher and why this is unacceptable, and it's why we're talking about it right now. Thanks, Taylor. All right, Thanks, next Taylor. one we got in. Uh, Fred, how much time do you got? I got, like, one more. I got I to gotta move. All right, last yeah. one. Zachary, congrats. You're the last one in. How's it going? Hey guys, what's up? What's up, Zach? Man, we make absolutely no sense. Not only in the sense of we're losing, we're getting blown out by the Pirates and almost every single team in Major League Baseball, but the fact that, like you said, you know, Tom Ricketts is inceptible to criticism. He seems to not be able to take the heat when it matters most. And, you know, this is no discredit to the people at Marquee, like you said, but remember. They were criticizing the Cubs, and then they edited. They changed it. Told them you can't do that. Yeah, because it's yeah their own yeah. network. 
Yeah, that was that was BS. That can't happen. Reason for that to happen, you know, because we're twenty games, we're almost twenty games below five hundred. I get that this wasn't the most talented roster out there. I get that this was probably the gonna happen, but at the same time, we're supposed to take a step forward as an organization. We wouldn't be in this mess in the first place if we actually acted like a big market club. And, you know, how we speed up this process is by acting like a big market club. We go out in free agency. We spend, you know, valuable dollars. We find the right pieces. And hopefully we, you know, get the right path forward because, you know, waiting for these things to come up. Brandon Davis, you know, while he hit it off back in 2021 or 2020, um, He's also prone to injuries. Yeah, and, and Zach, you bridged and what you were saying about the free agents, you bridged the gap to what is, if we're just thinking reasonably here, what is honestly probably going to be a 2025 year where all these young guys come up and they can help mm-hmm. and they can hopefully produce at a level. But the problem is that's, you know, that's three seasons away. That's, that's a long time away. And it, it's why being more aggressive and, and holding a standard to, you know, the, the the wins that you're putting on the field and the product that you're putting on the field matters. Because if it's just going to be this, you know, peak and then really low trough, like business cycle, um, it, man, that's really tough. And as a fan, we're, we're dealing with it right now. It's just you don't want to be in a situation where you, you feel like you're always building anew and, and tearing everything back down because in that process you lose a lot of pride and while you might gain a lot of hope and a lot of positivity and a lot of optimism on that you know upward swing the long term of it is very uncertain because we don't know if you're going to win a world championship you don't know if 2016 is going to happen you don't know if you're going to have another golden era you don't know if you're going to make the right decisions during that time and it's why you kind of always have to chip away. You always have to be part of this. And that doesn't mean that young players aren't important. It doesn't mean that you do need to retool at times. It doesn't mean that you need to have a younger roster. It doesn't mean that you have to have a far- strong farm system. But it means that the standard has to be a lot better than what it is. And, and it, it can't be a situation where it's so much up and then it's so far down and you're just you know always on this big, giant roller coaster. The, you know, the ups and downs should be a lot more level and gradual. Uh, and it shouldn't be in a case. It shouldn't be a case where six years after the World Series, we could potentially have one of the worst um, seasons in Cubs franchise history. Can't happen. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. Um, like Jed, I believe I truly do believe that he wants to win, and he keeps on saying to the media every time he does the media session. He says the standard that we built here is great, and he's truly appreciative of it. But you know why? The fans appreciate that is because before that we were only known as the lovable losers, and I don't want to be known as the lovable. Yeah, loser. no, me neither. I man, you know what? I remember, I remember, uh, I remember tweeting out the uh, something, or I, I made a video about it, or something that uh, e, I'm gonna mispronounce this, but the Emis Katuli uh, sign in the uh, right field uh, bleachers or. I'm sorry, beyond the right field bleachers across the street. Uh, I, I always said, man, just after the World Series, just kind of take that down. Like, we, like, we're over that. Like, we should be better than that. And I understand its tradition. I understand its history. I was just kind of being a meatball at the time. But, like, I don't want to be known for being a team that, like, counts down when the next World Series is going to be and, and is out here saying, well, it's going to be another 100 years. Like, no, like, 
You should be going after it. And I, I know you're not going to have a chance every single year. I know you're not going to have a legitimate chance to win a World Series every single year. But, like, should be more – like, there should be a higher expectation for what the Cubs can do. And I know we've said it multiple times today, but I, I truly don't think the Cubs have a true path right now. I think they, they might tell you they do, but I, I truly don't think they do. I, 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 I don't think they really know what's going to happen because they're not proving it. Um, in terms of their daily decision-making, and they're not proving it in terms of how they're valuing the team and the fan base right now. Yeah, he, he, if you notice, he just has like generic terms like, I have this vision I, I want to build, and I yeah. know what it, what it looks like in my head, but he never, he never actually goes out and shows, you know, and tells, you know, the outside world of what that vision actually truly looks like. And you hammered on this, you know, in this discussion, by the way, I'm glad I made it. I kind of messed up on the time, but you're good. Um, he keeps on hammering home the idea of how the prospects that don't come up until 2024, 25, that doesn't dictate the competitive timeline that he's visions. Well, then what are we really doing here? Yeah, exactly. Because... What are we doing? <laughs> right. What are we doing? If you're saying, if you're saying that, well, then what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Why are we building for the future if that's not the case? Again, Zach, I don't, I don't mean to go on a tangent right now, but we, we started off the day talking about Theo and how he was more upfront and how everything he said kind of made sense and he was much more personable. He was much better with his words. Jed is not that at all. And I, God, God bless Jed. What, what are you talking about when you say something like that? It doesn't make any sense. And uh yeah exactly what are we doing right now if 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 the timetable for when the young prospects are coming up why are we in the position that we're in right now truly truly why are we 15th in payroll why does it make any sense anyways um yeah Thanks, Zach. um yeah back then you know Theo Epstein you know I know he wasn't perfect he obviously messed up on some trades during our competitive when he actually got during the golden era but you know I'm proud of what he did um, when he first got here. You know, we were all promised sustained success after, you know, this treacherous rebuild the first time. And we're in it again. And now Epstein is gone. Uh, you know, you're right. Jed is def- definitely different than um, Theo in a lot of ways. And, you know, yeah. it always wor- it always worries me that, you know, you're never going to be able to hit on it again like we did the first time. And, you're not going to because you saw with Caleb Killian yesterday how he struggled the second straight start. His command is off. You know, I know he's learning. And, you know, the people that say he's a bust is idiotic to say. It's just, it was just yeah, a start. You know, he's going to be part of it. And Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, them guys are going to be part of the rotation. And hopefully Alzali comes back and can be a big contributor in the bullpen. And these young guys can come up and produce. But right now, it ain't looking good. And, you know, I wasn't, a, I didn't watch the Cubs. I will, I will admit it personally. I didn't watch the Cubs back when they were losing 100 plus games simply because I was watching, I was a big sports fan. I was watching Sports Center. I, every single time I pop on Sports Center, I see the Cubs lose, 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 lose. I'm yeah. not a big fan of that. I'm not a fan of losing. I want to win. I want to stick our opponent's heads in. I want to prove that we are the top of baseball. Yeah. We are the Cubs. We are a marketing franchise to millions and millions of fans. You know how you get more fans by winning. Yeah, they make your product yeah. viewable for you know all those fans and not putting it again. Not to go out against the marquee people, but you know have a channel that's more accessible to fans and you're, it's not blacked out and stuff like that. I mean, again, 
I, 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 I want people to understand that the Cubs went into the rebuild uh, during the WGN era. You know, the, the, the games were broadcasted across the country. Granted, it wasn't every single game, but it was still accessible for a lot of teams, for a lot of fans uh, everywhere. Where now, you know, when you go into what is very well a rebuild and what is a very, very bad season and two bad seasons now, you know, you're going to lose people that, that pay attention. You're going to lose people that care and you're going to lose people that that really um, invest <laughs> and spend their time and spend their money and spend their energy on, you know, your product. I, I Again, I think a lot of I think a lot of what the Cubs have done is undermine and not truly value the fan. And I know that might sound redundant. I know that is definitely coming from a biased perspective as a fan myself, but I truly believe that's the case where they, they don't always think about, or many of the, the decision makers, not every single one, but many of the, the decision makers at uh, 1060 West Addison do not always take into account how their decision is going to affect the, you know, the wealthy Cubs season ticket holder, the season ticket holder that is literally spending every last dime they have on those season tickets, the casual fan, the, 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 the younger fan, like all those types of things. I, I really don't think they take into account. And I, I, I think it's, it, it's something they really need to address. And it, again, it falls at the feet of the, the big three, Jed Hoyer, uh, Crane Kenny, and obviously Tom Ricketts and his family. Zach, I appreciate it. I want to move forward. I got I to gotta head out here myself, but uh, I appreciate all the, the points you made. Nah, nah, it's good. It's all good, Dom. I appreciate it, and I'm Thanks, glad Zach. I Thanks. make it. So God bless. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate no it. Thanks, Zach. All right, Fred, you know the time. Who would you like to take out to Olive Garden? I've trying to think about it as I've been doing this over the last couple, like 20 minutes or so, who I'm going to take to Olive Garden. Um. Adam, I've taken Justin Seal to Olive Garden too many times. I've taken Keegan Thompson to. There's no limit to. I've taken to, Keegan Thompson to uh, Olive Garden too many times. Um, that sounds like Ian, good company. Take both of them to Olive Garden. I talked, took Ian Hap to. I took Ian Hap uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I've taken Wilson Contreras. I'm trying to think of something new. I'm trying to come up with someone someone else you know what adam i'm, I'm kind of gonna go out the box right now i'm, I'm gonna take the season ticket holders to off guard that that's what i'm feeling i i i you know talking to guys like taylor and other people my tie guy uh you know we had danny rocket on last week i bet you there are other people in here that are season ticket holders i'm taking you to off guard because i know you are feeling the uh a the financial stress of you know kind of having your own sunk costs right like like Tom Ricketts has and Jason Hayward. Uh, but uh, the fact that you were told one thing and you were told that the team were, was going to be more competitive and you were told that you, they actually wanted to get into the playoffs and they, they value getting into the tournament to see what we have now. And, you know, you can't resell your tickets. Uh, I'm, I'm taking you to Olive Garden to kind of uh, hopefully ease some of the wounds or um, ease some of the pain that's going on. Not not saying other Cubs fans don't feel the same pain if, the, if they don't have season tickets, but I really do uh, feel and empathize for the you know individual that has, again, spent thousands of dollars on this team 
to get a product that is incredibly lackluster and you know you get Jason Hayward in right field ground out to second base four times a day and you know you get Frank Schwindel's pitching at the end of games because you're down by a hundred like I'm taking you guys off right we gotta we gotta regroup we gotta we have a we have to have a great fine fine dining high class meal at Olive Garden only the best uh enjoy some breadsticks and uh I'm thinking about you right now for those of you in the uh Twitter space right now and those who are be listening on the podcast tomorrow next week we'll do a little segment called Dear Tom we can all write a letter to, to Ricketts like and we'll, we'll read some of those letters uh, now <laughs> the next week so be sure to write us uh, what I like letters that. to Ricketts will be I like that alright Fred take us out um, Adam who do we have this week Pirates and Cards Pirates and Cardinals um, again I, I said it before um, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. Enjoy Wilson Contreras. Enjoy Ian Happ. Enjoy uh, a few other guys that very well might be on the wrong end of the trade deadline come uh, August 2nd, I believe, is the day, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern or something like that. Uh, enjoy those guys. Hopefully the Cubs can, you know, make do something exciting. Hopefully Christopher Morale can – continue and uh you know push through some tough times that he's had but you know continue on with a solid season uh as i've said justin Steele, keegan thompson kale killian those are must-see starts um and and again that's kind of what we're rooting for right now right it's 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 uh young starters got to pitch well it's must-see tv when they start if you're really locked in on this team christopher morale has to play well nico horner and we got to talk about some Nico Horner stuff next week. I, I don't want to leave him off the hook. I, I, I don't want to say he's had a bad year, but we need a little bit more. We, we need a little bit more from this uh, middle of the uh, middle of the diamond. So let's make sure we, we talk about that. Hopefully he's a guy that can step it up. I feel like we've been talking. We, we've been, we've been hoping too much for that and it hasn't really come through, um, but we'll see. I know he's played great defense regardless. Uh, you know, we need the young players to play well. I know it's really hard right now. Hopefully some positive things can go on. But more importantly, thanks for showing up today, sharing your thoughts, giving your takes. Uh, we always appreciate it, and we'll do it again next week. I'll leave you with a stat you can hit. The uh, 2022 Chicago Cubs are third in the MLB in triples. How about third that? in the MLB in triples. Love it. That's all we got. That's all, all, we, we, got. Got. That's all we got. Thanks, everyone, for being here. God bless you. See you, Rudd.